People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Now is the time that we bring you the virtual stage of our 12th Achieving Optimal Health Conference at Georgetown University. To experience this talk with all the videos, slides, and graphics, head over to the BBNR website where you can enjoy the entire day of archives of eight incredible speakers for just $29. Go to bbnrconsulting.us and click on store. One more time, visit our store at bbnrconsulting.us. Thanks for staying curious and for living your best life with us. Our next speaker is BBNR's very own chief medical officer. Welcome, Dr. Tracy Freeman. Tracy's going to talk to us today about our body's alarm system, better known as inflammation. If you follow health and wellness, you've probably heard or read about inflammation being the root cause of illness. But where is it coming from? What does it look like? And most importantly, what should we be doing? That's where Dr. Freeman comes in. We love that she always gives us specific answers to our questions. She's a real partner in your health and gives us clear, simple suggestions. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Dora and Trisha, for having me at the Achieving Optimal Health Conference again. My name is Tracy Freeman, and I'm going to be talking to you today about inflammation. I chose the symbol of fire um, to represent inflammation and what is going on inside the body. I look at it as I have to put out the fire in my patient's bodies so that they can feel better. So what's the definition of inflammation? Per Webster's Dictionary, it's a local response to cellular injury that is marked by capillary dilation, leukocytic infiltration, redness, heat, pain, and that serves as a mechanism initiating the elimination of noxious agents and of damaged tissues. So what does that mean? That means that when you injure yourself, whether it's a cut or a swelling of some kind, the body is going to dilate its vessels, send in white cells, and that's going to cause redness, heat, pain. And that is going to be what initiates inflammation. In the short term, it's healthy. In the long term, it's a problem. Classically, it's been called dolor, rubor, tumor, and calor. Those are the old terms for pain, redness, swelling, and heat. But as we got deeper and we realized that the real problem was chronic inflammation, then we realized that these long-term changes, the long-term infiltration of the blood and proteins, antibodies, even the cytokines you learned about through the COVID-19 crisis, these are all things that cause damage over the long term. So we realize that chronic inflammation is the basis of most disease. And we understand that this is what we need to control to stop the body from going down the wrong path. So what are the causes of inflammation? There's several, but here are a few of the top ones. Viruses, bacteria, and fungi will cause problems as well as parasites. They trigger the body and the immune system. And of course, any prolonged immune response is gonna to lead to inflammation. Toxic chemicals also cause a problem in your environment. Some medications as well will trigger by design inflammation in the body. And autoimmune diseases are by definition inflammatory. And the entire treatment process for that is to lower the inflammation response. 
So the holistic associations, the things that we put as a priority as holistic practitioners are diet. A poor diet will certainly fuel the fire. You want to make sure that above all things, you eliminate sugar. Also that you bring in more vegetables. We'll talk a little bit about this a little bit later in the presentation, but it certainly is paramount to having an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. Dysbiosis means like bad bacteria that, or bad fungus or parasites that exist within the body. We want to regulate that and bring it together so that the good bacteria are the main things that are living in your body. Keep in mind you have 100 trillion bacteria in your body, mostly in your gut. You want to make sure that they're good bacteria. Stress, of course, is going to cause all kinds of problems all the way from leaky gut into just stress and anxiety. So we want to lower our stress because that also will trigger your immune response. Low stomach acid is key. Without stomach acid, you cannot digest your food. So think about this as you age, and in aging in this case is over 40, you will lose the ability to make stomach acid as well. Food is supposed to leave the gut liquid. And if that acid is not there to break it down, that process will not happen. You will send food particles down beyond the stomach into the intestines and feed bad bacteria. So it's important to replace the digestive enzymes or HCL or hydrochloric acid that the stomach makes as you get older. And there are supplements that do this. There are digestive enzyme supplements or betaine HCL supplements to replace stomach acid. Poor sleep is, of course, and obviously a problem for inflammation. Think of sleep as a time when your body refuels, a time when it regenerates, a time when it takes away all the stresses of the day it assimilates all you were meant to learn and know from that day before and prepares you and refuels you for the next day. So it's imperative to get at least, I would say, eight hours for the average person. Everyone differs, of course. And allergies. Um, we don't really think of allergies as inflammation, but the truth is it's your inflammatory response gone wild. So we need to bring that in. I focus a lot on holistic um, applications of this. We look at IgG allergen testing, looking at food sensitivities as opposed to the food reactions that cause a throat to close or your eyes to swell or your breathing to be involved. We want to know the things that cause a low-grade inflammation response in the body and eliminate those for about four to six months while we work on healing other areas and then reintroduce those foods. So what are the symptoms? Fatigue is a big symptom, and of course, that's one of the main complaints across the country. Rashes, that's just a sign of inflammation through the skin, but from a holistic perspective, rashes are embolic or what's going on inside the body, what's going on inside your gastrointestinal tract in particular. A fever, of course, is the body fighting. It's a normal response, just as an inflammation is normal on a short-term basis, but this if it continues going on with long-term fever, we know we have work to do. Pain, of course, can be normal to a degree. And then for the long term, it's a sign that your body is crying out for help. So we need to get to the root cause of why the body is in pain. Mucus is bringing more inflammatory cells to an area. And that is okay for a short term. But for the long term, it doesn't allow the body to do its processes. Um, poor digestion, as we mentioned before, can cause problems and not allowing you to absorb particularly your nutrition or to assimilate all the good food that hopefully you're putting into your body. 
Hypercoagulation, the body will kind of set up microclots or little hurdles that won't allow bad things to pursue. It is a defense mechanism that stops bad bacteria, fungus, anything in its tracks. It's a defense mechanism that can cause problems down the road. So in the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw that people were losing limbs in the first wave. And that was the body's hyperimmune response trying to stop the spread. But then you deal with a sequela along the way. In a not so drastic example, you look at heart disease. That is also an issue with hypercoagulation that begins with cholesterol into the body fighting the plaque, and then that leads to a hypercoagulable or clot-like state. Brain fog is usually a sign of inflammation as well. We need to work up the patient to figure out, well, what is the reason that's got their brain not working on top notch? Insulin resistance or diabetes, or maybe even prediabetes, is effectively uh, too much blood sugar. Sugar wreaks havoc in the body and causes the body to just go into an inflammatory storm, so to speak. So that is definitely a fire we want to lower and put out and lower the blood sugar, lower our simple carbohydrate and sugar intake. Some people, especially as they get older, with inflammation will lose balance. They start to stumble a little bit more. They start to bump into things. Again, we're going to be looking at the brain and figuring out, well, what's going on there and how can we feed the brain, give it the nutrition it needs to help stabilize them. Dry eyes can also be a sign of inflammation as well as hormonal imbalance. So the idea there is to, again, look at what is going on and figure out how we can bring balance. So what tests do we do? This is not an exhaustive list, but it is a good start. So the basic blood count, the CBC or complete blood count, is looks at white cells. If you have high white cells, you, we know your body's attacking something. If you have low white cells, the concern is that you're going to be more of a victim or you've had a chronic issue that has suppressed your immune system. The comprehensive metabolic panel will tell us things like your acid-base status, like are you too acidic? Um, do you need to alkalinize a little bit more? Your liver and kidney function as well. Hemoglobin A1C looks at blood sugar over three months, and of course we want that to be in an optimal state. Um, we certainly don't want anyone in pre-diabetes or diabetes for that matter. Ferritin is interesting because it's iron stores. The body will store iron when it's inflamed. Low ferritin is anemia. So that's a marker we can follow to see if you are inflamed and make sure it goes down. It specifically is a marker for chronic inflammation. It doesn't go high for six months. It takes it six months to kind of accrue and send the message that there's a problem. Myeloperoxidase is a good indication of a cardiovascular inflammation that we can draw and see if the patient is any kind of state or problem uh, with their cardiovascular system. Fasting insulin is important, again, because blood sugar, sugar alone is a problem. We want to lower that. And of course, sugar calls insulin out. So you want to have a lower end insulin level. Fibrinogen is another clotting factor. When we see high fibrinogen, it kind of makes me go on a hunt. Well, what, what is the body clotting off? What is it trying to protect you from? It lets me know that I've got to dig a little deeper when I see that elevated. Homocysteine is a cardiovascular risk factor. Um, that can be easily modified with methylated B vitamins. So particularly methyl B12, methylfolate, B6. 
Although the normal range is often less than 15, optimal is somewhere between 8 and 10 or less. Uh, the C-reactive protein is a cardiovascular risk factor, or if it's high sensitivity, it's cardiovascular. If it is just a plain C-reactive protein, there is just inflammation throughout the entire body. Check the high-sensitivity C-reactive protein that looks into the cardiovascular risk, and that is because as Americans, we have a high risk for cardiovascular disease, and that is what we want to make sure we stave off. Sedimentation rate, again, is another general inflammation marker. It doesn't tell us where the inflammation is. It's just that there's inflammation within the body. I look at the NMR lipoprofile. Um, that is a cholesterol marker that looks at the size of your cholesterol particles. So do you see small particles or large particles? Think small is a stuck particle that causes problems. The large one is big and bouncy. So I see a lot of people who take the simple lipid profile and they are put on statins. But if they were to just dig deeper and see that it is a big, bouncy, protective cholesterol, they wouldn't need statins at all. And you wouldn't want to shut that process down. And lastly is the immunoglobulins. So IgG is an antibody or immunoglobulin. That's the same thing that is the most prevalent in the body. When I see low IgG levels, I do think of mold as an issue. When I see high, I believe the body has been attacking something for at least six months. The IgG antibody doesn't come up for at least six months. The other antibodies, IgE, IgM, IgA, IgM being an acute infection typically, so I know we're dealing with something that's been going on a little bit more recently. IgA deals with mucous membranes, and IgE does more with parasites. Um, it's what would trigger my mind when I see IgE elevation. So what are the diseases associated with inflammation? Diabetes, of course, because blood sugar is the fuel to the fire of inflammation. Alzheimer's, because the brain in that case is on fire. And we need to slow down the inflammatory processes in the brain to help the patient. Arthritis, that's obvious. You see the person with arthritis, you see their joint is swollen and red, um, truly inflamed. Inflammatory bowel disease is where the gut is inflamed. And as the name speaks, it's inflammatory. And the goal there, of course, is to lower inflammation. And in my opinion, allergies and food sensitivities have a lot to do with that. Allergies, we've already spoken about, but that is the immune system off course. Cancer is an end game of inflammation. It is effectively the body just not turning off properly. Um, heart disease is inflammation in the heart. Certainly cholesterol is kind of the root of that. It allows those plaques, not cholesterol, but the plaques that are in the arteries um, that draws the body's inflammation response to the arteries will lead to heart disease. And there are many more diseases as well that are associated with inflammation. So what um, treatments do we do holistically? Of course, diet trumps everything. I've seen patients who only have done diet changes and they do miraculously. Exercise, of course, is important. Healing the gut, detoxing the body of any toxins, lifestyle changes, and supplements. So we're going to go through these and come up with a plan. So diet depends on who you talk to. I would say that all people will agree that sugar is pro-inflammatory. Most people will agree that gluten and dairy are also pro-inflammatory. 
Omega-6 is so prevalent in the American diet. It's in our margarines, our vegetable oils, and it's in meats as well. The thing is that we are out of balance. You want to keep that in balance with omega-3, which comes from fish and nuts and is certainly extraordinarily anti-inflammatory. Other diets that have been shown to be anti-inflammatory are the Mediterranean diet, probably the most longstanding and most studied diet, the DASH diet, which is a cardiovascular diet. And I would say in the holistic world, we look more at autoimmune paleo, which includes, people think of paleo as a lot of meat, but in reality, we're talking about a lot of leafy greens, a lot of vegetables, if you're going to do it properly. So for a second, I just want to bring up the part about the Walls diet. So Dr. Walls does a great example of autoimmune paleo. She was a physician herself who was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and went through the traditional medications, became wheelchair bound, did some supplements. They helped some for her mitochondria. But then she started studying animal studies by going to PubMed and looked at what helped the animals in her case and put it together by finding the foods that contain that. And she came up with a diet that literally got her out of the wheelchair and got her walking around. If you haven't seen her TED Talk, I highly recommend it. It's a great education on what food can do. She for sure eliminates gluten, dairy, and does a six-month elimination of eggs before you put them back in to see if it bothers you, and of course, sugar. Daily, she eats three servings of leafy green vegetables, three servings of colored vegetables and fruits, so think uh, berries, think uh, beets, um, and then three servings of sulfur-based vegetables. Onions, garlic, and mushrooms are included in that as well. It basically does an autoimmune paleo diet, meaning that's a low-carb and therefore low-sugar, because remember, carbohydrates break down into sugar, diet. And again, it's all these vegetables here and the berries, the things like that, that help. And a couple of months out the year, she will do an MCT-based keto diet. So not dairy-based, but coconut-based keto diet. And she feels like that is the way our ancestors did it. So that during the winter, they would have had to, in some way, go into a ketogenic state um, but she doesn't want to do it with the inflammation that dairy causes, so she uses coconut-based. So let's talk about exercise for a second. Increasing aerobic exercise has been shown to be effective in lowering inflammation. The sweet spot is 35 minutes a day of moderate exercise based on studies. Sitting is the worst risk factor than drinking or smoking. Um, and leads to death, increased risk of death by 260%. Um, and also not exercising is worse than diabetes as well. So of course, many people say, I don't have time to exercise. And from the old paradigm, that would have been true. But now we have high intensity interval training or HIT. HIT is where you may exercise for 30 to 90 seconds and then take a break. For 30 to 90 seconds. The benefit of this is it lowers your blood sugar, lowers your blood pressure, your heart rate. It increases sertrines, which are your longevity genes. It burns fat and increases your metabolism. There are honestly programs of HIT that only take seven minutes. So if you research this, certainly you can find a short amount of exercise time that you can do 
that would be effective. As always, it's important to heal the gut. Four R's represents what's important to heal the gut or the process to heal the gut. We want to remove the bad bugs and allergens. So the bad bacteria, fungus, parasites that are in the gastrointestinal tract, we want to remove them and replace it with good bacteria. You also re remove the food sensitivities to lower the inflammation and that response in the gastrointestinal tract. We want to replace digestive enzymes. So over the age of 40, that's important. You just simply do not digest as well. And you can find comprehensive supplements that will help you with this, that digest proteins, fats, also carbohydrates, and allow you to get the nutrition and the power from your food. So another thing we want to do is detox. And that's just not detox your body, but detox your environment. So first, the mouth, it often gets overlooked. You want to just detox by getting rid of the mercury fill fillings in your mouth. So those silver fillings in your mouth are, are nothing but amalgams that are, contain mercury. Mercury is the second most toxic substance on the planet. You want to get that out. You want to avoid fluoride. There are plenty of studies that show that fluoride decreases our intelligence. They took two villages in China and they gave fluoride water to one and they gave the other one water without fluoride and the decrease in intelligence in the one that got fluoride was insane. Like the people who were most intelligent became average along those lines. So it's incredible that we drink that on a regular basis. You have to be cognizant of beyond your teeth. What is it doing to your body, your brain, and also your thyroid? So the other things we want to do is decrease um, toxins in our body. Fiber is important, again, because it feeds the probiotics, but also because it keeps your bowels moving regularly. The last thing you want to do is hold on to toxins in your body and have them start to be reabsorbed. It's also important to think again about heavy metals, not only from your mouth, but from the air you breathe. Here in Washington, we have some of the highest mercury levels in the country. It's us and LA. We kind of battle it out for top pollution and top mercury. Imagine what is your body going through when it's trying to get rid of these toxins. You have to breathe. You have to take it in. So what do we do? You have to go about working against this. Chlorella would be a good thing to do. Cilantro would be a good thing to do. Glutathione is the body's most impressive detoxifier. You can also take that as a supplement. You want to eliminate toxins in your environment. So think about the chemicals you use. Everything from your dish soap to your laundry detergent to the perfume you wear. You want to get rid of that stuff and think that we don't know what all these chemicals in mass do. They were not studied. There's no way to study how the dish soap, the laundry detergent, the perfume, the carpet soap, all those things, what they're going to do combined on the body. Don't be an experiment. Take that out. We don't have any indication that that is healthy. Also, you want to detox people in your life who are a problem because you don't need the stress of it. So that's another way to get junk out of your life is to just center yourself and only have positive things in your life. You want to drink more water. Water is critical for your body to get all these bad things out. Be careful with the water you drink. I would not drink very acidic water, meaning don't do the reverse osmosis water. Don't do the distilled water. Drink something the way God made it. God made it so water goes over rocks and therefore it picks up minerals. 
That is what your body needs is those electrolytes, those minerals that come naturally to water. Lastly, you want to sweat. And that is harder for some than others. If you exercise, you certainly accomplish this. Um, if you have trouble sweating, consider getting in a bath, taking some fresh mustard seeds and crush them up and then put the water in areas where you sweat, like under your arms and things like that. And that'll trigger the body to sweat again because people who don't sweat are actually sicker than those who do. Let's talk about lifestyle changes that would help you out. There's a thousand relaxation techniques. Um, you can consider meditation, prayer, mindfulness. I often have my patients who have busy brains that can't settle down to do these things. I have them do tapping or emotional freedom technique because it's an action you can do by tapping on the acupressure points. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to YouTube and watch a video. You can learn it in 10 minutes and I've seen it change lives. I've seen people say that things that bothered them for years no longer bother them. So it's certainly worth a try. Of course, sleep again is critical. You have to allow your body to regenerate through sleep. Avoid eating late. Try your best to take breaks from your phone and your computer. It, just realize and recognize that it has an addictive quality to it. It even doesn't really allow your eyes to blink as much. So it's a strain on your eyes. So consciously blink when you're on the social media um, and also consciously decide that this is how long I'm gonna spend on this. Set a timer and then walk away. Avoid obviously smoking and alcohol. I, I think it goes without saying that those are completely unhealthy. All right, so this is a slide, one of my favorite slides. It looks at the um, inflammatory pathways, not all of them, but some critical ones. And it just shows how simple dietary or perhaps supplement changes can bring big change in the body. So when you look at these pathways, you can see that resveratrol, um, which comes from grapes or red wine, allows the body to calm down, assist in the mitochondria. So mitochondria are the bacteria that joined our cells several thousand years ago, and they give us strength and power, and they feed off things like resveratrol. Curcumin, which comes from turmeric, also has an impact on lowering inflammation, excellent for joint pain. The trick with using turmeric or curcumin is it needs fat, and it also needs black pepper to absorb. The other important supplement is the ECGC, which is from green tea. Green tea um, is just anti-inflammatory across the board, shown to be anti-cancer. So these simple changes like adding grapes or red wine in moderation, turmeric to your meals, or green, drinking green tea are, will be helpful to lowering inflammation in many areas of the body. And that is the end of my presentation. Thank you today for joining me. Thank you so much, Tracy. We always appreciate that we come away from your talks with such clarity. Tracy, you really simplify the research and give us such practical recommendations. Outstanding as always. To experience this talk with all the videos, slides, and graphics, visit our store at bbnrconsulting.us. Thanks for staying curious and for living your best life with us. Thank you for joining us on HealthGig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.